Hello, hello. Um, thank you, Lindsley, for joining us on the Creative Unblock. So we have finally come up with a name for the, the series that we're going to be doing together. Um, and so what we're calling it is um, Accessing the Creative Fem Feminine Energy Through Wild Women Wisdom Archetypes, which is a little bit of a mouthful when you say it. But it really kind of sums up, we decided um, what we really want to focus on for this particular series for the podcast. So um, so let's go ahead um, and jump on in because we have a lot to cover today. Mm -hmm. um, but let's go ahead and start with why is, um, we, we talked about in the title, um, creative feminine energy. So why is creative energy considered feminine energy specifically? Mm -hmm. Well, I love that question because to me, um, it has to do more with just how much it's been around for a long time, but there's a lot of spiritual traditions that talk about a cosmic force that mm -hmm. actually creates and propels creation, right? We, we know there's some sort of life force energy that is out there in the world that continues to propel and evolve us. And it is, it is a belief that this energy, this life force that at the core of that, there are two kind of extremes that create energy. And these two polarities are a feminine energy and a masculine energy. And mm. so the feminine energy, divine, pure feminine energy is the great creative force of mm. the universe. And so when you think about creative energy in general, it tends to be what would be considered a feminine quality. And so it goes, I guess it begs the question then, are we talking about genders or are we talking about something else? And obviously, yes, sure. you and I both know, we're talking about the quality of energy. And you can't actually have life force energy that is connected to nature. It's connected to the heavens. It's, it's literally what creates and evolves us. You can't even have these without these two polarities being in a force together. So mm -hmm. it says like these energies live in every single person. They live in nature. They live in animals. It's, it's these two extremes, these two polarities, feminine energy, very receptive, very passive, very intuitive, very inward, masculine energy, very active, very giving, very expansive, feminine, the moon, masculine, the sun, you know, you we live in what is called a polarity universe. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about uh, creative life force energy, it is always connected to the feminine qualities of energy. Mm. Okay. I love the way you explain that. And I think that what I also like about the polarity is even though we're specifically focusing on feminine energy, because that has more to do with creativity, it doesn't mean that one's better than the other. It just means that that's the one that we're focusing on when we're talking specifically about creativity, which is what yeah. the creative block is about. Both yeah. are needed. Both are necessary. Um, both are honored here. Um, but specifically for this series, we're specifically talking about the feminine energy, which I love. Mm -hmm. um, so part of um, what we talked about, too, for um, what we're calling this series is um, what we're calling the wild women wisdom archetypes. So for those out there that don't know, um, what is specifically is an archetype? Like what's the definition of that word? Archetypes are um, kind of what we have used as a culture to be able to identify and give a kind of a persona 
to some some kind of essence or some sort of stereotype. And so archetypes help us as a collective understand and kind of speak the same language no matter what. So you can have symbol, it's another like word for symbolism of some kind. Mm. So it's like the mother archetype, the the healer archetype, you know, all these things that where we actually embody all of these, but when you actually give name to something, you're able to identify it a lot easier. And so mm. a lot of what you'll you'll, you know, these people will hear us talk about are the different feminine archetypes that actually live in all of us. And to even use this just purely creative life force energy that you were talking about earlier, I would even go so far to say is like these creative expressions and how they embody these expressions that could also be considered archetypes. And so what we're going to be talking about today would be the Virgo expression of creative energy or how, how it expresses itself through that particular archetype, if that makes sense. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank you for explaining that because I thought I knew, but I think you did a much better job of <laughs> explaining it. Um, okay. So, um, so let's talk about Virgo specifically, cause that's where we are, right? So yes. Virgo, um, what is the time frame? Is it important what the time frame is for Virgos and what does that mean exactly? Yeah. So it is, it is, I think it's probably it's astrology, good. I guess. Yes. Yeah. It's good. And so there's 12 different constellations that we use um, to kind of reference what's going on seasonally for us. And so of course our ancestors were synced up with these seasons. They, they knew it was a time period, not so much about being into like new age or woo woo things. It was actually mm-hmm. more about the harvest and what was going on around the earth because there was a deep belief that what's happening on the earth is affecting us people as above so below and that we were very much in sync to the rhythms and the natural ways of being in the earth and of course that's what I think that so much of is is happening is we're returning back to this oneness idea that wow I am a part of something bigger it's not just me here trying to create something and just to make it be about me there's an there's an awareness around the syncing up and the oneness of that so a lot of times we would acknowledge kind of um, an awareness around what was going on in nature based on what season we were in based on the constellation. And so right now we've moved into the season of Virgo. And so, you know, if you were born between, and I do not have the dates in front of me. I don't know if you've got those dates off the top I of your head. I meant to write them down and I don't, but I will yeah. put them in the notes. Well, that'd be good. Um, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we need to know that, right? I think that's well, simple. I, okay. So you know I, what? I have it right here. I have it right here. Yeah. It's uh, if you were born between August 23rd and September 22nd, then you were born with the sun is in the constellation of the stars of Virgo. And so why that's important is, is that it goes based on the belief as above, so below that you will embody characteristics and qualities that are very much in sync with what's going on right now in the earth based on that season. Okay. And so when you start learning that this time of the year is a season of harvest, it's the end of Mm -hmm. summer, right? We're about to move into more of a a yin energy more of a feminine energy. It's why this time of the year is usually connected with the, the energy of abundance because it's very much about the harvest and the grain and agriculture. And there was a real abundance of natural beauty of the earth. So the essence of Virgo, 
then is a very sensual, sovereign, um, in the most natural of ways, right? Because it's all about the, the abundance of something. It emanates. It's, it's the bounty of that abundant life force energy. Mm, okay. So, so she's That's also, beautiful. Yeah. And so this, this archetype of Virgo is actually personified or the, the symbolism of that is the archetype also of the Virgin because she has within her everything that she needs to create life and abundance. So okay, say that. Okay. Say that again. Yeah. So a lot of times the, like a, a archetype of the Virgin, I mean, of the Virgo season is the archetype of the Virgin. Mm-hmm. And it's because she has within her everything that she needs to create life and abundance. This is why we often hear the spiritual traditions use a virgin archetype of um, any some sort of like deity who ends up birthing an, a, another, you know, deity like the Virgin Mary birthing the Christ. This is not the there are many spiritual traditions that have that same storyline of the virgin birthing something from within herself. She's able to literally give life. She has her own ability to create life and abundance. And so, you know, it is, I mean, that's a whole conversation in itself, but when you think when the Virgo is expressed, it's usually because it's, it's coming from the energy of over abundance and it's okay. life force. Yeah. And again, mm. just to remind everybody that this is not about the female gender, right? This is about feminine energy. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so most of the time she's symbolized, Virgo is, is symbolized as, as also this woman with wheat and a shaft, if you've seen mm-hmm. that image too, because she's considered to be the grain mother, where that, you know, her life force energy is, is has this ability to serve and to heal. And she goes out into the weeds and she cuts off with her, with her, you know, shaft to be able to anything that is needing to be extracted or excess because she's got that aspect of going in and accumulating and harvesting all the abundance so that she can therefore give it back to those that need. So she's also seen as, as the grain mother or the great like healer or the medicine woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, I'm writing no- notes down too, because I think that there's some things to talk about at the end of this. So, yeah. okay. So um, as far as an archetype is concerned, um, who would be a good archetype that we could put into the Virgo, like who do we think about um, whether it's, um, I think I looked up Demeter would be a good one, or is there somebody in particular that really um, comes to mind as far as an archetype is concerned with the, um, with Virgo? Yeah. To me, I mean, the first person that always comes to mind is mother Teresa, just because she was such a healer and her ability to just be, it's, you know, there is an energy of Virgo that has a very, mother energy, you know, cancer, the the archetype of cancer is often considered to be the mother. I think the second maybe archetype would also be Virgo. And and it's because anytime you have this ability to offer healing or to be of service, it has a very softer feminine energy to it. So the mother, Mother Teresa to me embodied that. And I think it's important to, you know, why is all this important? kind of the the thing that's coming to me now. It's like, because that is the current 
energy that's going on on the planet right now. So it's like our awareness around this is our ability to tap into what's happening right now all around us. So when we start becoming more aware of how we can create more abundance, how we can start, you know, ways of becoming a a natural healer in our own way or offering it to others, it is, it's like a persona that we can Mm -hmm. actually step into. And then it's it's a current energy that we can tap into and to utilize and access for ourselves and for others. So Mm -hmm. it it is, it's kind of like just giving you this moment to go, okay, all it's all great. Wonderful. Our ancestors used to harvest things and they used to go out and chaff the wheat, you know, it's like, why do we care? (laughs) But there is an aspect of this that is like, you sync yourselves up with this architectural energy of Virgo. And then you start utilizing the current energy to create more beauty to, to kind of um, create order out of chaos, Mm -hmm. to use Mm -hmm. discernment about what no longer is needed or necessary in your life, um, to acknowledge the abundance in your life that you currently have so that you can be of a place of service to someone, to access your own healing and to be a part of the healing of of others. So it really is kind of like, you know, okay, how can I show up in that energy so that I can be in the rhythm of what's already happening? Yeah, I think that um, I think those are a lot of really good um, things, and and I really think that it's something that um, I'm thinking about as well as far as my creativity. So what I'd like to do now is talk about like how this um, can be utilized creatively. Like how can we use this archetype? How can we use these uh, this way of aligning up um, with uh, uh, basically accessing and pursuing our creativity or what does that look like? So a couple of things that came on, came to mind for me was, um, so these are just like a couple of things for people. Um, I think what I was thinking is at the end of each of the podcasts, we can kind of brainstorm of things that we should be tapping into. Um, so we can be more creative. So one that comes to mind is, um, and what I'm hearing you say from this archetype, is that um, that we don't need to right now find inspiration that we think it's always out there, right? That the Virgo is really telling us that we really need to tap into our own inner wisdom, our own um, intuitive um, intuitiveness. Um, because I think a lot of times with um, Virgo um, is someone that's really good at being organized, right? And being very precise. So maybe this is a time for you... Um, whether you do this professionally or if you just do this on the side, um, is a time to really kind of organize what that creativity looks like throughout the rest of the year, you know, making sure that it happens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, making sure that you implement time, like a planning time, a planning period for um, for this particular um, uh, place, because I think that it's important. Um, the Virgo, because the Virgo is someone that's not chaotic, it's not all over the place, we could really, um, and especially because it's the beginning of um, the fall, this is really a beautiful time for creatives to um, really set up their system for the rest of the year. Um, Mm -hmm. Because creatives sometimes can kind of be all over the place. So if there is anything that that creatives can do, it can be really um, kind of settling down and implementing organization um, to utilize um, their creative needs. Um, Another thing that comes to mind is um, aesthetic beauty. I hear a lot of like abundance 
Um, and so I, what comes to mind for me um, when creating would be making sure that when you start creating, that you have an abundance of materials, right? That you can play with, that you can um, experience and um, get in touch with. Because I think a lot of times for me specifically, when I'm trying to be creative, such a big part of it is not limiting myself with materials. Because if I say, oh, well, I can't do this because I don't have this color, whatever the case may be, it is so important for us to be expansive in the sense that we can um, that we can do whatever we want because we have those materials in front of us. Because if we feel abundant, we feel free. And if we feel mm-hmm. free, we allow ourselves to explore places we haven't been before, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, actually, um, because Virgo is an earth sign, one project that I thought would be really interesting for people out there, or this is just an example of one, um, that I think that would be really interesting to do now would be, um, I'm actually really into, um, the concept of, um, Ikebana. Are you familiar with Ikebana? It's a, um, Japanese, uh, flower arrangement, um, art form, uh, that was birthed out of, uh, the Buddhist tradition because they would put, um, flowers on the altars for Buddha. And then it became this beautiful art form um, throughout the um, the ages. And, and what I love about it so much, spe- specifically um, when you're talking about this time of the year, because Virgo is an earth sign, I thought it would be beautiful if people um, connected with those plants that have obviously grown from the earth, but then they also can create these beautiful ornate um, flower arrangements that are a piece of sculpture really on um, by themselves. Um, but then also what I loved about it too, is I think that um, for Virgos, it can be, um, it seems like it can be kind of challenging not to get too like, too like in, in whatever they're doing and not looking outwards or upwards, I would say. Um, so I love the aspect of also being very like philosophical at the same time, you know, very contemplative when it comes to um, Buddhist traditions, um, because I think there's a lot of beauty there as well. Um, what do you think, Lindsley, when it comes, is there any practices or anything that you think would um, be beneficial for people um, to explore their creativity when you're talking about this type of archetype? Absolutely. So, I mean, Virgo energy is the most exquisite and discerning taste. It is Mm. like that energy never settles for anything less than excellence. That's what their Mm. gifting is. They, they are the extractor of excess, like anything that is needs to be cut away. And so to me, this time period is kind of to tap into what you were saying. It is all about reviewing, reassessing, uh, cutting away anything that no longer is serving you. I mean, this is the mm. perfect time to declutter. Okay. Mm. Like if there was, I mean, the art of feng shui, you know, I'm a feng shui master. So yeah, this is the perfect time to probably do a, some sort of like clearing out and decluttering your mm. studio or any oh, kind of great idea. projects that no longer are lighting you up that you would like to kind of clear off your desk and like out of your studio or projects that are unfinished. Like just to be able to give yourself permission to clear out any kind of physical clutter, emotional clutter, anything that is distracting you from being able to just be fully present in that creative space. I mean, a lot of times this would be an aspect of, of like activating even the senses and making sure that your, your creative space actually inspires you and, mm. and being mindful of the environment that you're in around that. 
but the discernment energy, the, the ability to, to extract and to discern what is no longer needed or necessary, that is one of the greatest art forms I think there could ever Absolutely. be. Because sometimes it's important to just know when enough is enough mm-hmm. and when to stop. And what is no longer needed or necessary and to stop adding to, right? So this this Mm. is a time period of not so much. It's like what we were saying earlier, where you're you're reaping the harvest of all the energy and all of the seasons of planting something and the seeds and the ways you helped it grow and water it. This is the time to actually acknowledge what is, be grateful for all that you've accomplished, and then literally take what you like and leave the rest, right? And so Mm. to prepare for the next cycle, for the next season, as we move more into the fall season, and then, of course, going into winter, that's a whole other level of going within. And, and literally sitting and extracting. But right now it's kind of like acknowledging the abundance and then realizing, okay, now what do I love of what I've done? Let me acknowledge yeah. that. And then let me clear out what no longer is useful or needed that will help prepare me for the next wave of inspiration, creativity, or whatever. And I think that is a form of excellence, right? You have to have that discernment yeah. to know what is needed or necessary anymore. Absolutely. And I think that that's beautiful the way you said that, because one um, beautiful part about Igabana as well is they talk about that the negative space is just what's not there is just as important as what is there. Mm-hmm. And I can't, it, I can't agree with you anymore because I can't tell you how many times, like for instance, the paintings that or in my studio now, they take up space. They take up mental energy. And even though I'm done with them, they need to be they need to be cleared out. And I think that that's such a good point, um, especially for um, especially when you're creating, because the more clutter you have around you, it really does stagnate your creativity without a doubt. So I love that you said that because I think that's a really good point. And this is a, and, and it's interesting too because um, there is times for creatives to. Um, there are cycles that that we go through as well, or that, um, and I think that that's important to know because I think sometimes, or in, really anybody in general, but I think we forget so many times that there's so many cycles to everything, right? And I think that um, a lot of times for me, um, it becomes a crash, right? Mm-hmm. And it becomes a crash because I'm not embracing those cycles that I should be aware of. So I think that's one thing that I don't think I totally comprehended until we started talking which is it's so important to embrace cycles because if we don't embrace the cycles, then we'll just crash and then we'll wonder why and then we'll become miserable because of it. So one thing that we can also learn about these particular archetypes and the wisdom that we're talking about um, is how we can embrace that so we can be happier as we continue throughout the months and the years because if we try to fight against it, and then we don't know why, then there tends to be, um, uh, we tend to be more afraid, more chaotic, more, um, and then and then if we're not in tune, then we can't come up with good ideas because we're not really aligned with what's kind of going on around us as well. So exactly. um, that's so beautiful. Um, everything that you talked about, I think is so great. So some takeaways um, that I'm getting from this interview that I feel like is really beautiful is, um, that um, to um, discern is to kind of cut away the fat of things that need to be cleaned out and cleared out. I think that's so important to free up some some mental space, some mental energy 
um, for for um, creating or just in general, obviously, just operation wise. Um, two is just how beautiful the cycles are and that we really should pay, pay attention to that. And that will actually help us be more inspired, more creative. Um, and um, is there anything else that we should know about uh, specifically Virgos that you um, that you can think about um, or that you haven't mentioned that I haven't um, talked about? Well, I would just go, maybe on? just to reiterate the aspect of the healer part of this mm. energy and even just being mindful, like so much of the medicine woman, you know, back in, in traditions and in our ancestors, the healer was almost like she, they had this ability to be able to bring life force in or to take it away. And so a lot of times that archetype was, con- you know, very much connected to what has been negative or you know, had judgment around with some sort of witch, right? And so mm-hmm. the medicine mm-hmm. woman, she had the ability to understand herbs and ointments and flower essences. And so just bringing in more of that quality and those aspects into your own life, you know, it's like and when it's judged and negative and there's a fear around that, it's been demonized. But there's nothing around that. We know now it's like, my God, they just didn't know what they didn't know back there. And they called it negative and bad and from the devil. But just so being real mindful, you can start learning how to start incorporating nature into your life in a deeper way and and how that is an art form in itself. And so the art form of what you're talking about with the flowers, but I'd take it a step further and find out what art forms there are that have to do with healing, healing arts. Mm -hmm. The healing Mm -hmm. arts are some of the most beautiful art forms that there could ever be and you know especially with tinctures or herbs or anything that we've been talking about that have to do with accessing a creative connection with healing yeah so what I hear you saying is um which I love um, which I think Igabana does as well but like you said with herbs is when we're talking about creativity and creating we're talking about taking something that wasn't and then changing it and then, and then someone benefits from it, right? I mean, that's an art form within itself. And so Absolutely. that can be, that can be so many different things like gardening, like creating a beautiful meal, like, um, like, uh, like you said with, um, oils or, yeah. um, herbs, um, so many things that connect us with nature that then we alter and then we improve other people's lives or our lives. Yeah. Um, I think that that's really quite beautiful. So thank you for for bringing that up. That's awesome. Um, Lindsley, you are a joy to be around. Thank you so much for this interview. And I really look forward to all the ones in the future. So for you guys listening, um, just want to let you know that um, there's going to be a link below that tells you all about Lindsley and where you can contact her if you want to contact her. Um, And then also we are going to be doing a um, workshop for each of the, uh, or a classes for each of the uh, podcasts regarding the specific Virgo archetype and then the ones um, continuing on. So, because we plan on doing this um, for each uh, archetype, which is 12. And so we'll have one for Virgo and then we'll have one for all of the other ones um, coming in the future. So all you have to do is look below the link and then you will be able to access that class as well. Um, So all the information will be there um, below. So thank you for joining us.